0: gentlemen good morning and welcome back thank you so much for joining us it feels so good to be live on the air once again for those of you who were trying to listen to the two-hour Christmas extravaganza episode the past couple of weeks look we frustratingly tried to get that show off the ground and on the air but our host site blog talk radio was down for the last two and a half weeks And their help desk, their support team, unresponsive over the holiday break. And so, we apologize. We thank you for hanging with us and for for being here today. We are so excited to be talking once again. And we've got a good topic today. We got some meat on the bone today. Shout out to longtime listener Toto Tom for today's suggestion. We're talking about multi-generational wrestlers. Those superstars who had a parent, a grandfather, an uncle, somebody in their family lineage that also was a professional wrestling wrestler so they come on the scene with this baggage right they either have to live up to the family name or they prove that it's just too heavy of a cross to bear some of the wrestlers have done a tremendous job of following in the footsteps and even blazed their own legacy while others failed to live up to the comparison today we're talking all about second third-generational, multi-generational wrestlers, the hits and the misses. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and you're listening to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And as always, I sit across from the man who, no matter where he eats, always sits at the head of the table. We're talking about the con father, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, good morning, brother. Happy New Year to you.
1: Jumpin' Jay, happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. And it, I tell you what, it's sounded- not so great music to my ears literally to hear the opening of 80s wrestling the podcast I've been trying to push this episode out for the last couple of weeks unable to do so uh had to go back and tell both Jeter Santana and uh Acts of Demolition that two weeks row we're having technical difficulties i did not want to uh, take a chance on doing it again uh this week for a third week in a row so once uh everything settles down and 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 talk is back up and running i will reach back out to those guys and Get them on the podcast in the in the very near future. But I wish everyone uh, was able to uh, hear the episodes because we had a lot of fun stuff planned. Maybe we could do a uh, maybe we could do a special Valentine's Day episode, Jumpin' and Jay, and, uh, and 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 maybe call it Cupid's Revenge or something like that. Something fun. Maybe we can get uh, the Stromboli sister Jen in the kitchen baking her uh, Valentine's Day cupcakes or something fun like that. But uh, anyhow, I am excited about this episode today. Before we get into it. I want to thank everyone that came to Masters of Your Memories this past weekend in New Jersey. It was my first ever non-wrestling uh, event. It did have Tito Santana and Ted DiBiase there, but it was kind of like a mini Comic Con kind of sort of where uh, it was all different walks of life. So we had the Power Rangers there. We had... Sean Avery from the New York Rangers who had a huge line. It was it blew it it, it blew me away um the CJ because like I said, I only deal with wrestling so I, I knew he was a hockey player, I knew he was on the Rangers, but then you see a big turnout for someone that's a non wrestler and it's like in this your mind as a promoter, it just it just expands by like a million. Like, all right, well so look and like, people, there's there's a market for everything, right? So um, there, I had Will Janowitz from The Sopranos. He played the boyfriend of Tony Soprano's uh, daughter Meadow. He was there, was super cool. Big wrestling fan. Um, we had James Buster Douglas there, the undisputed boxing champion. So it was cool, man. It, it was it was a learning curve for me just because I never did anything like this before. So now everything that I saw that. I could have did better the first time. I'll definitely implement that into the second one, and it's going to be on Saturday, March the 30th. We are going to be actually returning to the Rockaway Town Square Mall in Rockaway, New Jersey, for another installment of Masters of Your Memories. And actually, when I get off this podcast, i got to jump on a couple calls and hopefully uh, book a few talents today for that. And then tickets are officially on sale now for 80s Wrestling Con at the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey, we put a post up last night announcing everyone that uh, has been signed to appear so far, including the Four Horsemen: Tully Blanchard, Arne Anderson, Barry Windham, J.J. Dillon, and the Baby Doll. There is a Four Horsemen Experience package that's available now. I'm going to post it up on our social media pages later. There's only be 100 of these available, uh, and it includes an autograph picture of all five of those as well as a group photo op with all of them it's a four horseman experience just so you know we're also people keep asking about rick flair uh non-stop it's not out of the question yet it's just that uh it's in may and he is now under contract to aew so and as you know they do saturday night uh shows so uh, it's something that he's you know he, he probably wouldn't be able to commit to this early but it's not It's not that we're not going after him. We are interested, very interested, so stay tuned on that. Uh, Boris Zukov is going to be there, Jumpin' Jay. I know you're extremely excited about this. Uh, We are going to actually work on Jay, and I told you this off the air. I'll I'll announce it here. The past two years that Jumpin' Jay's been there, we we keep saying we're going to do 80s wrestling, the podcast, and we don't do it. Uh, And it's not fair to Jay, because Jay wants to meet all the guys, too. I understand that, and so I, I'm, I'm going to do it this year, Jay, where I'm going to do the podcast right near the end of the convention. So we're going to have a live 80s Wrestling the Podcast. I'm going to actually try and jump on there with you for a little bit. Uh, so hopefully my, my day settles down a little bit and I can get in there with you. Uh, at, least, at least i make an appearance on there. Uh, and we're going to get all the regulars. So if you guys that call on the show every week are going to be at 80s Wrestling Con, you're going to be on and a part of the live podcast. This is breaking news here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast with Toto Tom, Danny from Butler, everyone that calls into the show every week, Brian from Long Island. You're going to be an interactive part of the live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast at 80s Wrestling Con. And Jade's special guest will be Bora Zukov on this episode, live episode. I cannot wait to hear you talked about how important
0: he is to you something, Jay. The Minnesota main eventer, Boris Zukov. Listen, man, yeah. if word gets out in Minnesota that Boris is headlining 80s Wrestling Con 5, you're going to sell out of those tickets, my friend.
2: <laughs>
1: yes, and uh, Demolition is going to be there. The Powers of Pain is going to be there. Tito Santana, Tony Atlas, Dr. Tom Pritchard making a, a rare New Jersey appearance, and more uh, we're still booking names as we speak, but tickets are available Oh, I, I almost forgot. We just announced that the legendary, one of the biggest icons of '80s wrestling, Jake, the Snake Roberts, has just been added to 80's Wrestling Con. All tickets are available now. Head over to 80swrestlingcon.com. Everyone but Jake, I have to send Jay, uh, send Jay over uh, Jake's information. Jay. Is it okay if I do that after the podcast, real quick, send that over to you and get it up.: uh, Yeah, everyone get else up to on Jay the store. Go, Thank you. Jay's been working hard all weekend to get this uh, website up and running, and Jay, I'm so, so grateful for you. Uh, We'll get Jake up later, but anyone that wants to or plans on going to 80s Wrestling Con, definitely grab your Four Horsemen experience because that's going to sell. Only 100 are available, and later this afternoon, I'm going to be putting that on all our social media, so I'm sure that people will start ordering it, but enough about 80s Wrestling Con. We'll get more into that throughout the upcoming weeks and months ahead for May 4th. Today, we're talking about 2nd generation talent the hits and the misses and uh, i mean right right off the top of your head we just saw the rock return to raw this past monday night so maybe he's a good place to start
0: listen man there are wrestlers who have stepped into the footsteps of their fathers and grandfathers and then emerged from their shadows and i don't think anybody has done it as well as the rock dwayne johnson you saw monday night when his music hit, that arena absolutely erupted. And he hasn't been an active performer in the world of wrestling for a number of years, but he still was able to take that microphone and, and get the crowd just in the palm of his hand. That man was born to entertain. And so he's a guy who you have to put at the top of the list of second generation, third generation performers, who were able to, to strive out and make a name for themselves and elevate the entire family lineage by their performance in the ring. That's a great point, Tom. That's a great one to start at. You can't top the rock.
1: Well, not only that, his, I mean, his family, his lineage goes way back. And, and, and obviously he is connected with uh, the Samoan family as well. The the uh, Anuahi family, which is, you know, The bloodline is the top storyline in the wrestling business right now. Uh, I tell you what, and and, and I know this is jumping off topic a little bit, Jay, but real quickly, I'd like to talk a little about about the the chaos online where fans are going crazy that The Rock is now in the picture, and what about Cody Rhodes and Cody's story? He didn't say anything about WrestleMania, did he? Now I know that I know that if The Rock is going to be back, it's got to be big, and it's got to be probably WrestleMania. But a lot of people are not. you know, and and I know the Royal Rumble is, is out of the question because Roman's taken on Randy Orton, I believe. So you know, you, you're everyone's assuming it's going to be WrestleMania. If that's the case, what about Cody? But you know, I think everyone's forgetting that in February there is actually a live a live a premium live event uh, that WWE is doing in Australia, which sits seventy thousand people. I mean, how? I, I mean, I, I I want to see that WrestleMania, but I mean, having Roman and um, having Roman and rock at, uh, having them at, you know, 70,000 people in New Zealand would be pretty cool, but yeah, so it has to be WrestleMania, but who's to say a, a ton of things can happen from now to then say Randy Orton beats, uh, Roman for the title at Royal Rumble. And then, you know, you have, you know, Cody taking on, uh, Roman, I mean, uh, Cody taking on, uh, Orton, or you can, I mean, there's a ton of different things you can do but I, I, won't, I don't want everyone to get all crazy that Cody's not going to get his, his moment now. Uh, you know, who, who's to say Who's a say that WWE doesn't want uh, Roman Reigns to beat Hulk Hogan's record? So, you know, I saw someone's status the other day about, uh, and I was just scrolling through Facebook, and I saw something about, you know, uh, something about, so I don't remember exactly what it says, something about Roman, but what about Cody's, how about Cody's story? well, how about Roman story? Roman, Roman is, Roman is uh, creeping on being Hulk Hogan's record for the number of days he's held the title. So I saw someone right underneath it. It was another fan comment underneath it. It, it made perfect sense. I didn't want to bring it up. Uh, that, that, that's why I, I, I talked about this is like, he said, what makes Cody's story more important than Roman's story? So if you think about that, I mean, it, 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 there's a ton of different things you can do, right? So, I would just wait and see how it plays out. And who knows? It might be Roman against Cody one night, Roman against The Rock the other night. You don't know what they're going to do yet. But I I think that uh, everyone needs to just sit back and relax and just be a fan again. That's what I wanted to say.
0: Listen, brother, in your synopsis there, you've mentioned The Rock, Cody Rhodes, Orton, Roman Reigns, all of those guys, multi-generational wrestlers. Those all fit perfectly within today's topic. And before we go to the first call, I'll just say, I do not expect The Rock to beat Roman Reigns. I expect The Rock to give that big rub. Not that Roman needs it. But if Roman beats The Rock and then Cody goes on to beat Roman, that makes Cody's story all the more sweet, man. And so I think they're... Thank you. Thank you you so much. That, That makes perfect sense. They're looking for, obviously they're looking for box office, they're looking for money, and The Rock is money, but they're not pushing Cody aside. It'll make his story that much more sweet. And he is a generational wrestler that is really coming into his own and has, really has a tremendous, uh, no pun intended, story.
1: Real quick, Jay, before you jump to that first call, are you, are you in front of your computer?
0: Always, man. Always.
1: Okay, would you be able to – I'm not, that's why I asked. Would you be able to tell me how many more days Roman needs before he beats Hulk Hogan's record? Now, I know it's a second-generation topic, but this is Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes we're talking about here, who are two huge, if not the biggest right now in the business, as far as second-generation talents go. I'm just curious, how many days does Roman have left to beat Hulk Hogan's record? If it's Let's less here. than 200 days or uh, 200 days, just curious. I don't have that information. Sorry, I don't have the information. I'm really curious for the point I want to make right now.
0: So Hulk Hogan's record is 1,474 days. Okay. 1,474. Let's find out what Roman's at. 1,474. Okay. Roman, Roman Reigns.
1: Reign, right right?
0: He currently sits at one thousand two hundred and twenty-one.
1: Okay, so let's stop right there. You do the math. Uh, so I lost the first number. Uh, Fourteen something to twelve something. I, without without doing the math, if there's enough time, if there's enough time to get him to SummerSlam, this is my, my point to make. Yeah. Let him beat the Rock at WrestleMania,
2: right? Yeah. What
1: a story! What a story that is for him, right? He beats he beats Roman... He beats the Rock at WrestleMania. He... A week before SummerSlam... And this is... Up without us doing the math. If the numbers aren't right, I apologize. A week before SummerSlam, he beats Hogan's record, And then Cody takes it from him. Right after he just got all this hype for beating Hulk Hogan's record for beating the Rock at WrestleMania, then Cody... He doesn't stop at that point, right? And then Cody gets him. So Listen. if it's not at WrestleMania... It's okay, he's going to be okay. Trust me. And
0: there's nothing wrong with saving it till the next year's WrestleMania. People uh in my neck of the woods would not mind that. Start oh yeah, that it's out. going
1: to be in Minnesota. Right. Let's jump into That's the, the, that. this is, this is the That's interest. the rumor. That's the rumor. All right. And if you're if you're if you're on hold right now and you want to chime in on this, this debate with the Cody and, and Roman, please feel free to because it's perfect it's perfect uh it's, it's perfect because we're talking about second generation wrestlers.
0: That's right. You can tell we haven't done this in two weeks. Uh, you and I are, are extremely chatty this morning because uh, we miss having these conversations. But let's dive in because we miss the callers <laughs> as well. And up first, longtime listener, longtime friend of this show, all the way from the West Coast, babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, brother. Happy New Year to you.
2: Happy New Year, Jay. Happy New Year, Tommy. It's good to talk to you guys again. How are you both doing?
0: Happy New Year. Happy to hear your voice, my friend.
2: Hey, I got a uh, really fun this day in history for you guys. Um yesterday was uh, 40 years since the debut of Mean Gene Okerlund in WWF and the return of uh, Roddy Piper as manager of David Schultz and Paul Orndorf. He hadn't started yesling, uh, wrestling yet. So, we're coming on a lot of big milestones of uh, 40 years in WWF history when when Vince was hiring talent away from the other territories and uh really just launching hulkamania which is going to be 40 years on uh, january 23rd that uh that hulk hogan beat the iron sheik but an even uh, more or, or more special this day in history is that 37 years ago more special for the show 37 years ago in the meadowlands in new jersey little tommy fierro was watching the debut of demolition with bill ed as axe and former moon dog rex Randy Colley in the uh, role of of uh, of Smash and Johnny V leading them to the ring. Um, also a big main event that night: Hulk Hogan and Ricky Steamboat facing off against the Honky Tonk Man and Randy Savage, uh, and some really cool Piper's pits. So uh, was, pretty cool. I was there for it,
1: man. I was there. I,
2: I, definitely, little Tommy Fiero having the time of his life watching some history be made. So. Uh, <laughs> A uh, little trivia I got for you guys, uh, as far as second-generation wrestlers, and so I'm, I'm not going to count uh, uh, Yokozuna in this question since he didn't have a direct parent that uh, uh, in wrestling, but there have only been two WrestleMania main events that had uh, both second-generation wrestlers as the as the opponents in them. Can you guys think of the two WrestleMania main events?
1: the top of my head, man, I would, I'd have to sit down for a minute uh, and, and think about it.
0: And you're saying it, wrestlers, wrestlers it, in the main event. It probably wasn't Hogan and Bundy.
2: Nope. Man, is
0: Orton one of them?
2: No. no. So, so one is very recent, last year, and it could happen again. Cody and Roman. we got Roman as Sika's son and Cody is Dusty Rhodes' son. And shoot, you could have a a triple threat with the rock and as uh, Rocky Johnson's son this year. Um, any way you stack it this year, I think we're getting a, a, another one of these main events, well, the second-generation superstars. The other one goes back to the 80s, and it's it's uh, a little less obvious. But, yeah, only one other time where a couple of second-generation superstars main evented WrestleMania, and it happened in the 80s. It
0: happened in the 80s? It had to be one that Hogan didn't main event, but he main evented...
1: Ah, Savage, Savage and DiBiase. There you go. Oh, so WrestleMania kind
2: of, 4. Yes, yeah, sir. So, so yeah, and and it's something where, uh, you know, Randy Savage and Bret Hart, a couple of my favorite second-generation superstars, um, Jake the Snake Roberts and Randy Savage had a great uh, Saturday night's main event uh, matchup back in late 86. Uh, so awesome topic. Um, I, I, with the, the three guys that Tommy started talking about, I feel like Roman and The Rock both exceeded their father's legacy in wrestling. Rocky Johnson was a huge star tag team champion, first black tag team champion in WWF. Uh, Sika, multi-time uh, tag team champion um, uh, as as part of the Samoans. But uh, Cody Rhodes, I think if he is able to win the uh, the title on the grandest stage... Maybe he catches up and to some people surpasses his father's legacy, Dusty Rhodes. So, um, again, really cool subject. The one I'll throw out there that didn't quite live up to the billing uh, would be David Sammartino, but how could you, right? And so there's, there's plenty of guys that, uh, that that didn't go to the heights of their fathers or their, their mothers, but uh, uh, David Sammartino would be the guy I'd throw out there as that. So, um, again, great topic, um, happy 2024 and all the success in the world to both of you guys. Love talking to you again. Uh, and then, uh, like I say, I don't, I don't want to uh, take up all, all day here, but really fun subject. And, uh, I, I think Tommy, were you only 10 years old back in, uh, at, at that event in, in 1987 watching Axe and Smash of demolition, uh, Bill Eadie make his debut with Randy Culley?
1: Yes, yes, I was, and and if I'm not mistaken, that was a TV taping, correct?
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah, because you had the Piper's pits, you had. uh,
1: Yep, uh, I remember. Yep,
2: yep, very cool.
1: Yeah, man. Hey, listen, I hope that you had you and your family had a uh, awesome uh, Christmas and New Year's. I just actually, as you were talking, I was just uh, on Twitter. I just retweeted. (laughs) your uh, demolition uh, post that you did Uh, real quickly. Again, for all listeners out there, please plug your, uh, your, your, your Twitter handle or X handle, whatever you want to call it. He puts up great daily content, guys.
2: Yeah. Check it out. There's usually a daily pool regarding wrestling or daily poll regarding wrestling. It's at 80 underscore wrestling. Uh, I'm just eighties wrestling fan on Twitter. And, uh, And I'm looking forward to hopefully having both you guys on for a second season of the show that I do, Legendary Wrestling Figures, with uh, J instead of G in Legendary, where we talk about the uh, LJN figures that we all love so much.
1: You know what we we have to do? We have to figure out a way where me and Jay can be in at the same time, and we can be your guests on your podcast, both of us together, and and, uh, flip the script. You know what I mean? Let's do it. That
2: sounds fun. Sounds fun. Let's do it. uh, We'll make it happen. All right, gentlemen. Hey, have a Thank great you rest so much, Brian. The, have, yeah, have a great rest of the show and uh like I say, all the success to you both in twenty twenty four. Thank you so much.
0: Hey, same to you, brother. Thank yeah, bro. San Martino's a tough one. You know, some people always ask why didn't Nick Hogan, Hulk Hogan's son, go into wrestling. But when you're when your dad is a legend like a Bruno or like a Hulk, those are big shoes to fill, man. And you gotta think you're not not only are you probably not gonna surpass what your father did in the business, but you're going to be compared to them. And so living up to that would not be a fun a fun thing to do. So, yeah, Sam Martino's a really good one that Brian brought up. Absolutely. And, and real
1: quickly, before we, we, we jump into the next call, you're talking about uh, being hard to uh, live up to your dad's legacy. So let's talk about Rick Flair real quick and talk about how David Flair,
3: obviously mm.
1: the name of the show is called Hits and Myths, and he obviously was a miss. No, no disrespect whatsoever. Um, and also he was tag team champions in WCW with a really good friend of mine, Crowbar, who is actually the current ISBW heavyweight champion. Uh, But he just never was able to obviously, you know, live in his father's, you know, his father's shoes. However, I will say this, Jay, Charlotte, I think, man, I'm going to probably catch a lot of heat for this. I
0: think she's better than
1: her dad. I really do.
0: Wow, that's – you're saying as an overall professional wrestler, you would put Charlotte Flair above Ric Flair?
1: As far as as work rate goes, I mean, overall, I mean, Ric Flair is the nature boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, like she has – all right, she's not better – you know what I'm trying to say? Like, she's able – she didn't have to, you know – live in his shadow. She made her own identity. And, you know, she is without question, maybe the greatest woman wrestler alive, in my opinion. Um, you know, yeah, I, dude, she, I think there in some ways, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick to what I originally said. In some ways, she's better than Ric Flair. And I think if you ask Ric Flair, he's
0: going to say the same thing. Oh, yeah. Rick would say the same thing. He loves Charlotte uh, so very much. That's very apparent. He thinks she's the best performer in the world wrestling entertainment uh, company right now. And I would say, She's probably more athletic than Rick ever was. Um, do you think that maybe she had less comparison because she was in the female division where David, I mean, he's in the same division as his father. So there's a direct comparison. Do you think ah. that played a part in it? I mean, taking nothing away from Charlotte, she like you said, she is. No, 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 no as, I know. As far as female wrestlers, she's probably the top of the mountain. But do you think there's less yeah, comparison because she's in a different division? Yes, to to a certain extent, but
1: honestly, I I think the big thing is, is that, and once I say this word, you're going to probably definitely see what I'm trying to say. David Flair, he he didn't have anything where Charlotte, she has a lot of swag, you know what I mean? That word Mm -hmm. swag. When she comes out, man, she's she's, there's something different about her, right? She fucking presents herself like a star, you know what I mean? She's yep. got that swag. She's got she's got that I don't know, she's just she's built differently. I, I, but I think that she did a great job of being able to step out of her father's uh shadow where someone like her brother or someone like Eric Watts wasn't able to, you know, live up to the name of his father, Cowboy Bill Watts. It's it's a really interesting conversation. And I'd love to if we had the time, maybe in a future episode like I so know we're, we're, we're stuck strong at an hour today because Jay's got a multi-million dollar meeting immediately following 80s Wrestling, the podcast this week. But I would love to dive into <laughs> some of these names in the future and, and see, you know, were they able to live up to the, the name of their father or did they exceed it? Like somewhere like Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, in my opinion, he's bigger than his dad ever was, right?
0: Right. Yes. And you wonder, with a guy like David Flair, do you think there's – do you think you feel pressure to follow your dad's footsteps? Like maybe if Rick Flair wasn't a wrestler, if he would have stayed an insurance salesman, would David have even pursued a career in wrestling? Or did he feel like, I'm Flair's son, so I need to at least try?
1: Possibly, yeah. But here's the the plain devil's advocate real quick. Say that his dad – and this is no disrespect whatsoever. Say his dad was Hercules Hernandez. He'd have a better time – an easier time probably – Uh, trying to get out of the the shadow of Hercules Hernandez and he was getting out of the shadow of the greatest wrestler of all time, you know? So it's it's an interesting
0: topic. No, you raise a very good point. No disrespect to Hercules Hernandez, but yeah, when you're Ric Flair, when you're on the Mount Rushmore, that's tough to live up to for anybody, but Charlotte is definitely doing the the family name very proud, as you pointed out, Tommy. Let's keep this conversation real quick. Real
1: quick,
0: I would say probably The Rock has probably
1: moved the needle a little bit more in the business than than, uh, than his dad did, you know, just
0: a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right. And I I don't think anyone in that family would would argue that. But Rocky would probably tell you that, I mean, early in his career, it's a tough go. His dad tried to talk him out of wrestling because it's a tough lifestyle. But then when you're being compared to someone uh, who had a successful career, it's that much harder because the expectations are already so high on you uh somebody else who's the expectations are really high on is our next caller because anytime he calls in it's always a party we're heading to the firehouse to talk to firefighter brian brian good morning sir happy new year to you happy new year gentlemen how are you doing very well my happy friend how are you
4: happy new year and welcome back we missed you guys great to be together again been way too long I'm glad uh, you got the, uh the uh, the show up today and uh, yes yeah, so far it's been a really – this is an excellent topic unfortunately Tommy you you kind of unintentionally you know turned this topic into a different subject I'll just touch on it quick I I think the whole thing with the rock is it depends how go with it um you know listen if they give the rock the spot against Roman at WrestleMania, I, I think it's a disgrace. Because, yes, the the pop he got on Monday night, and let's not forget about the pop he got on SmackDown a couple months ago. Um, you know, those are once-in-a-lifetime type of pops. I mean, you don't see those pops much. Um, I give him that, okay? No matter how long he's away, he comes back and the crowd eats him up. I give him that okay? He's an established superstar. I give him that, okay? He's done it all. The guy makes God knows how many millions, you know, uh, more money than he probably knows what to do with in Hollywood. He's done it all, okay? They have this roster of young, hungry talent in its prime, okay? Give it to somebody, you know, and now you're going to give it to The Rock. And if The Rock beats Roman, that's an even bigger disgrace. Because you're basically saying all your current talent, young guys in their prime can't beat Roman, yet a guy pushing 50, if not already there, can. It's just you've done it all, okay? I will say this, though, if uh, you guys haven't seen it, uh, Rock did a uh, something on social media Call, uh, dressed as 90s rock. He had a wig looking like he did in the 90s with a black turtleneck and a fanny pack, and he was doing a parody of uh, the Christmas song, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Um, so he said, uh, he <laughs> the best line, everybody knows a turkey and some camel toe, I mean mistletoe. So it was uh, real good. But uh, that's my take on the whole um, You know, whether it's Cody, whether it's whatever, and and no, Randy, the safest pick of the night at at the Rumble, Roman Reigns will beat Randy Orton. They're not going to have Randy Orton beat Reigns, especially at the Royal Rumble. Okay, if Reigns is going to lose the title, it should be at WrestleMania. So, that's my take on that. As far as uh, second-generation wrestlers go, well, anything you guys want to say before I touch on that quick?
0: I I agree that I don't think they're gonna have The Rock or they shouldn't have The Rock beat Roman. I think Roman will go over on The Rock, and that just makes Roman this even bigger, more legendary character for Cody to beat later on. So yeah, and I think uh, I think for Cody's story to really mean as much as it does, he needs to be the one to beat Roman after Roman goes on this record-breaking streak, and that should take place at Mania. I think The Rock is here maybe just to buy time get a good payday for the WWE, things like that. But I would agree with you that uh, they should not have The Rock take the title off Roman. Tommy, anything you want to chime in on?
1: No, man, I I agree with everything you said so far.
4: All right, cool. And as far as, you know, second generation wrestlers go, even third generation. Um, you know, it seems like the word David is a curse. You know, David Flair, David San Martino. But you know what? There's uh, three guys that did live up through the hype. I would say, you know, uh, Bret Hart, uh, Terry Funk, and Dory Funk Jr. He took his father's name. Usually the junior name mm-hmm. is a curse. You know, mm-hmm. Brian Pillman Jr., They he went to WF, changed his name. Ted DiBiase Jr., Jimmy Snooker Jr., who went on to beat Deuce, and then uh, Sim mm-hmm. Uh, Jr. seems to be a curse. Um, but I, I, I'll end with, a, you know, a really interesting um, thing happened at uh, 80s WrestleCon last year when I was talking to Steve Kern. Now, Steve Kern uh, has trained or worked with pretty much every uh Young WWF name of the past You know 10 or so years um, In FCW And I asked him you know when you were in FCW Or as a trainer Was there anybody who surprised You who you didn't think had what it took And ended up doing well Or what about the other way around Somebody you really had high Who you really thought was going to do well and Fizzled and went nowhere And he named three wrestlers And all three of them are second generation wrestlers um, he said the one guy i saw and immediately knew he was going to be he was going to be great was Roman Reigns he said he looked like a star he took it seriously he worked well you could just tell he he cared about it and he wanted he wanted to learn wanted to do well i knew he was going to be great one person that i didn't think had it she just did not seem to have the um the right attitude she seemed to be cocky she seemed to think she was bigger than whatever and that was charlotte flair and then you know yeah man she said said, he said charlotte was like her father at first and then you know she calmed down was humbled and then you know trained the right way and now look at look at her now um you know and now uh, and he said the one that he thought was going to
3: do well
4: and went nowhere. And again, the junior curse, Ricky Steamboat Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I saw him. I thought he was going to be great. And he just did not have it. And, you know, it's more fun to talk about the bad and the good. You know, you got the, you know, the Scott Putskies, um mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of guys right now. You got, um, you know, Vaughn Wagner, who's uh uh i think mike bloom's son mike bloom and mike enos one of those two um you got uh what what's his name um uh brooks jensen who's uh bull buchanan's son crazy bull buchanan has a son who's now a wrestler how old are we getting so um so anyway <laughs> so, so, so so anywho so uh Say so yes. That's this is though. This is a really good topic. It's after ten thirty, so I'm gonna go and let you get some more callers. Um But uh, I just want to ask you, Jay. Jay, you are one hundred percent going to uh, WrestleCon.
0: As of right now, that's the plan. The family's on board, so yeah, I plan on sure. being there.
4: Excellent. Well, put it this way: now that. um I mean, I'm taking a break from my figure collecting. However, now that uh, you guys are doing a live 80s wrestling con and you're going to allow callers to be on the show, I'm going to have to make uh, make the trip. I, I can guarantee you my wife ain't coming this time. That was a one-time thing. But uh, I'll be there, and I'm looking forward to it. The card already looks stellar. So, uh, listen, guys, always a pleasure I'm uh, glad it's up, back up and running. All the best to you guys. Uh, Happy New Year, and uh, I will hopefully talk to you guys next week. Okay.
0: So, so Brian, is this a self-imposed uh, taking a break from figure collection collecting, or is this uh, been influenced by the significant other?
4: No, no, no. Uh, believe it or not, no. Uh, okay. You know, I will say. Let, let me let me just say quick. When uh, when we uh, at the, at Wrestling Con when we had to go back to the car to uh, change out, you know, the cart with the figures.
5: For the third or
0: fourth time, yeah. uh,
4: Something like that, yeah. Uh, My wife looks at one of the totes and like, Brian, this is an addiction. And I'm like, oh, you think so, doctor? (laughs) So so I just, you know what, I just need to save money. And uh, Tommy, uh, Puppet Master Joe will tell you, he's seen my addict. I got like 30-something totes full of wrestling
2: things. Oh, my word. So,
4: yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, taking uh, a break right now. And, you know, we'll see where the wind takes us. So, uh, you know, we just got some things going on, you know, as a family that I got to, you know, save up for and save money for. And uh, so we'll see where the wind takes me. So, you know, I'll still be around and uh, still be around to drive everybody crazy. And, uh, So that's uh, that's my story. So, uh, All right. So I will uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. I hope. All right.
0: Sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Uh, Wish this year brings you happiness and success in whatever you do. Great conversation so far, Tommy. Second generation wrestlers, the hits and the misses, the uh, rock and wrestling slam line. Still packed. People waiting on holds. We're going to go to the calls up next. Good friend of the show, a guy who listen. I should call him Santa Claus because he made Christmas very sweet this year for myself and a few of our listeners. It's time to connect with Matt
5: from Boston. Matt, happy New Year, brother! Oh, happy New Year! Happy New Year! So glad, so glad we're we're back in action this week. I my 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 Thursday morning fix. I have been Jonesing for two weeks now, so it it feels good. Sounds good. Happy to happy to be back talking with, with everybody. Um I'm I'm gonna dive right in. So, you know, the interesting thing about second generation wrestlers to me is how many wrestlers over the years I didn't even realize were second generation wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And and certainly the golden era, um, when I was a lot younger, you know, I, I would have no clue that guys like Greg Valentine, Jake Roberts, they're all second-generation wrestlers because um, they just weren't, uh, you know, pl- it, wasn't, it wasn't something that was played up as much back then, selectively. Certainly guys like the Hearts, you know, Brett and Owen, they constantly mm-hmm. had Stu and Martha on. It was obvious um, The Rock is a classic example of, you know, from, from day one being played mm-hmm. up. But there were so many that I never even realized, um, and then you'd find out over the years, eighties and nineties. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, and and with the explosion of you know women's wrestling, to you know to understand that obviously Natalia and Paige and Charlotte and Tessa Blanchard, they're second generations all over the place for for decades. And and I just find it really, really interesting. Um, and and so I've got I've got two examples for you um kind of the one that maybe didn't didn't quite hit the mark i really hate i hate the negative part of this but i'm just going to throw one out there um greg gagne was the first one that came to mind for me um that maybe you know didn't live up um and i i would say that you know it's hard to judge sometimes success when you talk about you know being a second generation wrestler because that inherently implies decades in between and when you talk about the golden era, well that means you're you're talking about people that maybe, you know, were wrestling in the 70s and 60s as their as their parents and I think success was defined a lot differently um, in between generations and titles never changed hands and so you can't you can't really, you know, compare title runs and uh, how show business was where all the money was and so it's hard to kind of judge that but there I think I think it's, you know, it's obvious when you when you you know have the names like a Greg Gagne or an Eric Watts, they you know they couldn't quite live up to their their parents. But my my all time favorite wrestler that I never knew was a second generation wrestler, you know maybe they played it up now and then, but I don't remember is Randy Savage, mm-hmm. and obviously with with his father and then even his brother. You know, I never knew in the '80s and '90s when I'm watching that he was a second-generation wrestler. It never, it, if they said it, it never clicked with me. But um, it, that was the first one that popped into my head was, uh, you know, Randy Savage. And I, I, I think it's a fantastic topic. I, I think this could be, you could, you could have this conversation for hours and hours because, you know, Kurt Henning and, and there's just so many, there are so many examples. Um, and then you get into obscure ones like Rock and Robin, right from the mm-hmm. '80s, and it, it, there's a talk about meat on the bone. This is this is a classic example of, of that. Um, so so that's that's kind of what I thought of when I when I saw the topic posted. No, those are all great examples. And you know, as a kid, when
0: you're watching it, unless they tell you that this is the son of of this guy, or that these two guys are brothers, or they have the same last name. You don't even think in terms of family connections. I remember watching wrestling uh, with my older brother, Jason, and we're watching it, and Randy Savage is on. And then the next segment has the genius on. And my older brother, Jason, goes, man, the genius kind of looks like Randy Savage. I wonder if those two guys are related. And I was like, no way, adamantly against it. No way, Not, they never. And then you come to find out that, yeah, they're, they're brothers. And so, yeah, there's these family ties in wrestling that as kids, we never even thought, that there could be connections or that we should be looking at certain wrestlers and whose kid is this and whose cousin is that and whose brother is this. And so, yeah, when you get older and you find this all out, it's very interesting. It actually makes pro wrestling more interesting when you see the family lineage and it's kind of like a family business uh, on a, on a large, huge scale. And I'll ask both you guys, this Matt and Tommy, when you have a second or third generation wrestler, sometimes they give that wrestler the same last name as the guys that came before them. Other times they, they give them a completely different name. Maybe that's to help the wrestler kind of get his own identity. What are your guys' thoughts, second-generational superstars? Should they be given the family name and carry on that legacy, or should they be given a completely different character and be kind of allowed to sink or swim on their own merit? What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I'll drop I'll in first. Matt, happy New Year to you, and I hope you and your family had an awesome Christmas and New Year. Um, I think it's a case-by-case basis, really, where I think that some talents don't need their last name, and some talents do need their last name. So, for example, they call her Charlotte, right? Sometimes Charlotte Flair. But you don't, if she, was, she didn't have the Flair name in there, if she was just Charlotte, she'd be fine, right? Whereas, in no disrespect, Curtis Axel, uh, when, when they were trying to push him and giving him that name, I really, really think if, if his last name was Henning, uh, as far as his character goes, it, it would have helped him out a little bit more, if that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. I think it's a case-by-case
5: basis, really. Yeah, I, I I would absolutely agree with the the case-by-case basis argument. And I don't think that there's – any magic formula either, and so so it's it's almost a roll of the dice. It's almost a it's almost like well, what do we want to do with this person right now, and does it make sense to carry the name for where we want to position them in the card? What we where with the opponents we want them to have, um, because you you could go off and you know for hours about the the people that took the name and it worked, and the people that took the name and it didn't work, right, and vice versa. So. It's almost a roll of the dice in my mind. Um, very situational. Very situational would be would be my answer, Jay. I think that's fair.
0: I think there's no, you know, you don't have a crystal ball. You don't necessarily know which superstars are going to make it and which ones aren't. Giving them the same last name might give them a boost or it might hinder them. I guess you just really don't know. Before we let you go, Matt, I do want to embarrass you a little bit and give you a very heartfelt Thank you for the listeners out there. Matt from Boston blessed myself and a couple of the other listeners on this show with gift certificates to Tommy's rock and wrestling store for Christmas. It was unexpected, but incredibly generous, Matt. And so one, I want to, I want to say publicly, thank you so much, brother. That was so generous of you and so much appreciate it. This podcast is definitely like a family, a community of, of uh, guys who just love eighties wrestling. So for you to go out of your way, uh, and bless us that way. It was incredibly generous. I say that to thank you, and I also say that to uh, just remind Tommy that I got credit sitting at his store. So thank you, Matt.
2: <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> I appreciate and, the words.
0: Yeah. Listen, Matt, re-
1: real quick, just so you know, and, 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 and by the way, thank you so much. I know I texted you and, and, and thanked you, but I just want to publicly say thank you so much for doing that. It was so thoughtful and generous of you, and I just want to let you know that when you come, to the wrestling collector, whenever the rock and wrestling collector, whatever that is, you have the same gift card uh, waiting for you that you gave everyone else. Uh, compliments mm-hmm. of me, so thank you very much.
5: Well, thanks, uh, Tommy and, and Jay. Thanks for the nice words. I, n- I never would never would expect it. Never, never, not what I was looking for. But um, but I appreciate that. And and honestly, it's just it was really just you know the holiday season. I, I've really come to love this community and this podcast. I'm so thankful I found it and. You know, I just I, I just wanted to share a little bit of that enthusiasm and excitement of the holiday spirit with 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 the guys that you know we're sort of interacting with every week. And what better way than to uh, you know show some love to Tommy's store at the same time? So appreciate it, but not you know thanks is never necessary. It's just just something I wanted to do. Um, I'll, I'll I'll close on this um, where firefighter Brian's gap in figure collecting has taken a break. I am I am aggressively filling that that void left in the community um nice. with the with the big rubber guys I I have yes. just fallen in love with those figures and um Babyface Brian's podcast LJN's I've said it before a number of times is my all-time favorite toy I'm listening to his podcast religiously and it's re-energized me into the figure community and love so it. Yeah, I, I'm fire, uh, firefighter, Brian. Don't worry, the void you're left is well filled. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering how long I get away with this until my wife finds out. Um, it, it's, I don't know how that's gonna go, but it's I, I've uh, I've I've refound the love of LGNs, and let's just say uh, e- e- the eBay app has moved to the front of my home screen on my phone, and <laughs> love it. Yeah. So, gentlemen, I thank know you that's very much. all. Brother. Appreciate it. Have a great Thank rest you of your so day. much,
0: man. Hey, you Good two. Boy. Happy New Year to you. There we go, man. The second generation calls. Just keep rolling in. We got a couple people hanging on holds. so we're going to get to your calls next. We're talking second generation wrestlers, the guys that lived up to the family name and the ones who, well, proved it was just too heavy of a burden uh, to carry. Up next, longtime friend of the show. Talk about second generations. I don't think it's going to be too long before his son is connecting with us at 80s Wrestling uh the podcast we're talking about Danny from Butler Danny good morning brother happy new year to you
3: Tommy jumping jay uh late merry christmas happy new year definitely uh missed uh talking to you guys uh the last two weeks uh with uh, whatever technical difficulties you guys were having um it's great to finally get back on uh on the line with you guys uh shout out to your, your last caller Matt from Massachusetts for his uh, generous, uh, Christmas gifts to a, a few of us. Uh, definitely, uh, I'll be looking forward to, uh, cashing that in, uh, like the money in the bank sometime in the very, uh, near future. Uh, definitely something I wasn't expecting, but, uh, definitely shows, uh, the, the type of class act that, uh, Matt is, you know, didn't have mm-hmm. to do that. He definitely, uh, made, uh, my Christmas, uh, a little bit sweeter, um, and uh you know like i said he like i said to the guy you know you speak volumes for somebody that you've never seen never talked to i got a chance to chat with uh text back and forth with him, and you know definitely looks like a, sounds like a stand stand up guy so I gotta give him uh, his uh I'll give him a lot of love uh you know that you uh, before we get into the topic on the second generation i gotta also uh put my two cents on this whole rock uh roman reigns uh definitely a going to happen sometime whether it be it's not going to be royal rumble whether it be in february whether it happens at wrestlemania i got to agree with Babyface brian i think uh you know in without with all due respect to the rock no no question probably the, the most transcending superstar to ever uh lace up the boots and step into that ring and you know the guy's done it all whether it be in sports entertainment hollywood the guy is you know uh you know the a, a real life superhero um as far as him getting back into the ring and uh, whatever doing with uh, you know whatever happens with Roman, he's still gotta let this so-called quote-unquote story finish out. You know, I remember months almost a year ago, Tommy, you played you laid out the whole scenario, the whole you know uh, you know the, I just it has the pictures in my head of Cody running the streets of Philadelphia. Then when that time comes, Rocky Balboa t- tapping him on the shoulder. You can't not capitalize on that you have to let him finish a story with all due respect to the rock you know if they it does happen roman does have to go over i agree with you 100 percent we got to let cody handle this at wrestlemania can't be summer Sam. it has to be wrestlemania to make this a fit story official um as far as the second generation superstars you know a lot of guys you know definitely uh got into the topic you know without a doubt the most transcending obviously Dwayne Johnson, you know, even though his father was a very successful superstar, the rock uh, took the business to heights that we haven't seen other than Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, you got, you know, you talk about the, you know, the, the misses, um, you know, Ted DiBiase Jr. You know, had all the talent in the world, whatever happened, it didn't work out. Uh, Richie Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat's son, whether he didn't have it, whether it was injuries. Um, somebody m- mentioned uh, David San Martino. I wasn't, I di- didn't watch it too much at that time because I was probably a little too young before I actually got to see him, uh, perform. Um, I, you know, also think you know, Curtis, Curtis Axel, um, you know, he definitely was a curse. Um, even though I think he did get some type of push, he had some, some type of success. Uh, you know, he was at, you know, had a chance to, you know, be their kind of champion, just like his father, you know, I think they just turned, he turned out to be just a gimmick, especially with the whole, uh, the whole, uh, you know, the, the the mega powers with him and the, the mm. mandal whatever I forgot that. Uh, so it kind of turned them into a a comic. Um, you go back, uh, you know, you're know, obviously, you know, the bloodline. You know, you go from the the, the Wild Samoans to Roman Reigns. You can, um, you know, like I said, that's a, you know, a one that definitely uh, grew up to be bigger than what his uh, his father was. You know, I could probably go on and on. I don't know how much time we have. But um I'm gonna let the other callers uh get their uh thoughts in. Um, you know, like I said, it's a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, hope, uh hopefully we don't have to encounter any more of these uh technical difficulties. Uh wishing you guys a happy new year. Um definitely looking forward to you guys, uh, seeing you guys in May. And uh Tommy, hopefully I'll be uh coming to the rock and wrestling Cluster sometime in the very near future. Awesome, brother. Happy New Year, man.
0: Thank you so much for calling, Danny. We appreciate it, brother.
3: Always a pleasure, guys. You guys you guys have a tremendous weekend.
0: Hey, you too, and happy New Year to you and your family, and I hope to see you at 80s Wrestling Con 5. Danny from Butler, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy, we got one other caller that's been waiting on, and I got a bone to pick with this guy because I'm not saying that the last two week technical difficulties was because of him, but all I know is he comes on, co-hosts, An episode with us and the system can't handle the callers can't handle the uh the amount of feedback that was going through the blog talk radio site and i think it crashed just because of overwhelming uh popularity but it's time for total with tom tom good morning brother happy new year to you
6: this year stinks it's the worst year on record first off fireman brian is already the worst caller of the year. Hands down, that was a debacle. Now, what you were just talking about, yes, two weeks ago when I was hosting this show, it was the greatest show in 80s wrestling podcast history. The most guests, the most dialogue. It was a 10 out of 10, according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer. And my assistant, Esmeralda, told me that because of the show, (laughs) they were executives and talent evaluators from nwa from tna and some nlw and even i heard aew too that they were tuning in the following week to listen to total with tom and what happened not only does one week go by the board but a second week now where am i this is terrible for total with tom terrible mm-hmm.
0: Listen, brother, I'd be lying if I didn't say that we lost some kind of momentum after the episode where we had you on. But, man, frustrating two weeks with the host site. And non-responsive was their help desk. I don't, You're going to get me worked up if we start talking about it. But non-responsive was their help desk. But I'm happy to be back on the air, and I'm happy to have you on the line, Toto Tom. I, I started the show. I know you're a busy man. But I started the show by saying, Toto Tom suggested side generation, second generation wrestlers. Did they live up to the hype? Or did they fall flat on their face? So I would love to get your take on today's subject matter, Tom.
6: I got a couple I want to talk about. The first ones are um, Marshall and um, Colton Von Erich, uh, the the sons of Kevin mm-hmm. Von Erich, that are right now tag teaming in the AWA, um, and the Von Erichs in general because their father, of course, the patriarch Fritz Von Erich. Um, do, have you guys had a chance to actually see the Iron Claw yet?
0: I have not seen it yet. It is on my must-see list, uh, so it is on my to-do list, and I've been hearing lots of, of the reviews that are coming through. It sounds like everybody, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, are loving it. The only negative thing I'm hearing, to be honest with you, Toto Tom, is some people do not love the portrayal of Ric Flair in the movie. I don't know what your thoughts were, but that's the only negative thing I've heard. But, yes, I do want to see it. Haven't yet.
1: I mean, same same here. Well. I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm planning on it, and hopefully sometime this week.
6: So so please do, and I also know that this audience is a wrestling audience, but I encourage um, anyone here to have your wife, your your, your son, your daughter, your loved one, just go see the movie because it is not a wrestling movie. It's a movie about family. I know I did a review a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago when I saw it, but the more I thought about it, this story is about. Um, Did I have an issue with the Ric Flair character? I didn't. I know I've been seeing everything on... His social media, how he looked and how he gave his promos. It didn't detract from me at all how great the movie was. And non-wrestling fans won't care, to be honest. Right, exactly. Yeah. So if you can, everybody, go out and see it. I know right now it is done very well at the box office, and I would just like to see a movie on professional wrestling slash, you know, uh, drama uh, do well in, in the theaters. Um, the other uh, second-generation talent I want to talk about are Austin and Colton, the Guns, right, uh, from AEW. They are the sons of Billy Gunn, and mm-hmm. right now they're in a feud. Uh, last night we saw them at the Prudential Center, The Rock in Newark. Uh, they came out, and uh, it's a great tag team, a great up-and-coming tag team. and look forward to seeing a lot more out of them. Those two... Um, you know, come to mind as well as all the others that the callers have talked about today.
0: Yeah, very good. Uh, I would love to know your take. We touched earlier. If you're a second-generational wrestler, do you opt to take the family name and carry that burden, or do you opt to kind of rebrand yourself? What are your thoughts? So do Tom, If, if your dad was a successful wrestler and you're stepping into the ring, what route would you prefer to take and why?
6: if it was me i'd want to do it on my own steam okay and see if i can get it done and then later on if it does come to fruition that you know i am you know a second generational talent then by all means if that works into the storyline that's great yeah i think that's fair
0: i think uh if you carry that that family name especially if it's been a successful name in the pro wrestling industry if you saddle yourself with that name from the get go you're automatically setting yourself up for comparison. You know, people are going to find out in today's world through the internet, through social media, that you're related to so-and-so. But if you're coming out of that curtain branded a junior or you just have that same last name, comparisons are already there and expectations are so high that I think, and then if you do make it, do you wonder, did I make it because of my family name or did I make it on my own merit? And so I think it's wise that you would choose to go the route of, you know what, I want to stand on my own two feet first and then if it comes out and they want to you know, bank on the fact that I'm so-and-so's son or grandson, then so be it. But at least I know that I, I made it on my own merit. I think that's a good choice. Tommy, I'll ask you the same question because we were just talking in generalities before. But if you were stepping into the ring and following uh, a father's footsteps, what route do you think you would go? If I had the same um,
1: charisma, if I had the same talent, or have had a chip on my shoulder, my dad's last name, because he's already—I mean, he's already set the, the table for you, right? So it's time to go eat at it. So if you—if you have the talent to back it up, in my opinion, by all means, you should take that last name. If you're going to fall short of how great, or if you don't believe you can be better than your dad, if you don't believe it in your heart of hearts. Then, then I would go another route. But if you believe in your heart that you can at least be as good as your dad or mom were, or if you just wanted to keep the family name alive, uh, I, there's nothing wrong with keeping that name. And there's nothing wrong with someone wanting to uh, leave their own mark as well. Like I said earlier, in my opinion, it's a, a case-by-case basis, I think.
0: You know, an interesting Tell one, he, an interesting one is trying. Dustin Runnels, Dustin Rhodes. He came in as Dustin Rhodes, didn't really catch on. It wasn't until he switched to Goldust and covered himself up that he really kind of made it on his own.
1: Well, here you go. That's the perfect, 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 perfect uh, thing to look at. Is right there. Like, so he he did debut as Dustin Rhodes, and he he wasn't able to live up to his father's you know legacy, and then he went to WWE. And he completely changed his name, his character everything about him and uh I'm telling you right now I don't think that he would nearly be at the level he is in the wrestling business and that and that legend level, legacy level if he was never gold dust. So uh I think that uh perfect, perfect, perfect person to bring up. Very, very smart there, Jump Jay.
6: I also think it depends upon the demographic as well as who's watching, right? So when I was younger and I was watching Bret Hart, I didn't know who Stu Hart was. So if right. Gorilla Monsoon happened to say um, Bret Hart from the uh, world-famous Heart uh, Dungeon or uh, Mr. Perfect. Uh, this is even a better one because the name wasn't even in his right. It was Mr. Perfect. They didn't call him mm-hmm. Kurt Henning. they right. say, like, in a subtle way, they would say, and we know he has deep roots with Larry the Axe Henning. You could throw that in there just to give him a little bit of, uh, you know, some uh, gravitas, so to speak. But at the same time, he went by a different name. Okay, he went on his own steam, but at the same time the announcers can put it over in the broadcasting that he does come as a second generational wrestler. I think that can work. I think it did yeah, work, think, especially when you're younger and you don't know who these people are, you know?
0: Yeah, I would I would say your example of Mr. Perfect, your example of Bret Hart, right on the money. We didn't know when we were kids that they were second generation or we didn't necessarily know their father's body of work. And they were superstars on their own right. But, yeah, you could sprinkle it in, uh, and then it would help their story move along. So that, that's a great point by Totoa, Tom.
6: So, and real, and real remember,
0: quick, before – go ahead, Tom.
6: I was just going to say, no, I was just one saying, we, w, I'd like to know what's on tap for uh, 2024. Well, we just, uh, we just announced last
1: week, uh, the other day, on, on my, my personal Facebook page, we didn't do it yet on an 80s Wrestling Con, but we are going to do a Day. I'll tell you this, too. Uh, after 80s Wrestling Con, our, our, our signature show every year, this year it's going to have a completely different theme to it. So it's not going to be in wrestling. It is going to be called the King of the Northeast Indies. It is going to be a 16-man tournament. The crown, who is the king of independent wrestling in the Northeast, and it's going to take place immediately following 80s Wrestling Con. I'm still signing the field right now, but uh, by next week, we should have all the guys uh, sign and announce So we super excited uh, for this. It's the king of the Northeast Indies immediately following 80s Wrestling Con on Saturday May the 4th. The next ISBW show is scheduled for January the 20th at Barnegat High School and currently working on our 2024 dates. We have a couple of shows in March and April, but uh, more information will be available in probably the next week or so. So do with Tom.
6: I have goosebumps. My, ha- my hair is standing up on my arms right now.
2: It's going to be a big year <laughs> for ISBW.
0: I know that.
1: Awesome. Well, listen, man. Thank you for calling. We got a run because uh, Jumpin' and Jay has got a million dollar meeting, so <laughs> we will catch you next week here. Well, everyone know by the way, uh, total with Tom. Next week's episode right here on Eighties Wrestling Podcast. I, I'm I'm doing this on the the seat of my pants so I hope it's okay with you.
0: I think it's I'm be a, a little fun nervous topic. right now. I'll be honest.
1: Next Thursday, right here. The Von Erichs. We're going to talk all about the Von Erich family next week, right here on Eighties Wrestling the podcast. I'm going to see two and Jay If maybe we can get a guest or two on the show that has worked with the Von Erichs in the past, primarily in World Class Championship Wrestling, and do a special episode dedicated to the Von Erich family right here next week on the podcast. And I promise by next Thursday, I will have seen the movie, and I will give you my review next Thursday here on the podcast.
0: I will make it a point to go see it this week as well. Great topic uh, of conversation. And listen, I don't know if I can get him on the air for us, but there was one time about 10 years ago, I sat next to a guy on a flight who went to school with the Von Erics. I don't know his name or where he's from, but he was an interesting guy to talk to for that flight. I'll see if I can find okay, all well, his you, information. Were, <laughs> any,
1: anyone out there in, in, in the world listening to the podcast right now, if you were sitting next to... A seven-foot man that had million-dollar bills (laughs) flying out of his pocket. That was Jumpin' Jay calling the podcast. We want John right here next week. Until next week, Toto with Tom, Jumpin' Jay. Hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you next week right here on Eighties Wrestling, the podcast.